Today on Awaken to Grace, we are studying what the Bible calls the shepherd's crown. This is the unfading crown of glory found in 1 Peter chapter 5. My name is Chad Roberts, and I'm your Bible teacher today, and we're going to dive deep into 1 Peter 5. We are going to see exactly what Scripture says about we as God's people, why we are called the flock of God, why we are the sheep of God, and more importantly, why Christ is our chief shepherd. I hope you're enjoying our study on the crowns identified in the Scriptures. Today we come to this wonderful crown called the unfading crown of glory, the shepherd's crown today on Awakened to Grace. Well, today I want us to look at what the scriptures call the shepherd's crown, the crown of glory, what the scriptures call the unfading crown Let's understand some of that today. 1 Peter chapter 5. Peter is going to write to the suffering church. These believers have been in exile. They are persecuted for their faith. They're enduring great hardships. And throughout the entire letter, Peter has been encouraging the saints. He has been saying some, if you are going through the struggle of your life right now, read 1 Peter 1. Oh, how it will help you. And he's writing to people that are suffering. He's writing to people that are struggling. And when he gets to chapter 5, he's going to give some very specific words to the church. He's going to give some specific words to church leaders, to pastors, and those of us that we are uh, charged with caring, with managing, with stewarding, the church of Jesus Christ. And then he's going to give some unbelievable instruction to the actual church itself. And I want us to pay attention to both today. I want you to look at me, verse number, look with me, verse number one. Peter writes, so I exhort the elders among you. I want you to note that word exhort right there. In the Greek, it is a beautiful meaning. It literally means to call alongside. Oh, how I love that. Let me tell you something. When we first started this church, oh, how I felt so alone. And I felt we, just, we, we only had a few people. And when I say a few, I don't exaggerate. I mean, you know, Sunday mornings would be eight. Sunday mornings would be 10 people. Sunday mornings, we would grow to 12. We'd bump up to 20. We would hit 30, and we'd fall back down to 15. I mean, it was hard, and it was so tough. And it took several years before we were able to grow to the point where the Lord gave us deacons, and the Lord gave us elders, and the Lord gave us other shepherds and other pastors. And I used to feel so alone in the work of the ministry And now I look around and you would not believe the quality of the health of the leadership of this church. You would not believe the the strength of the leadership that God has given this body. Can we say amen to that today? 
And he says, I exhort the elders among you. That word exhort means to call alongside. Let me tell you, God doesn't want ministry done by lone rangers. He wants us arm in arm. One of the images that Paul gives to Timothy is that the church should march forward, locked, arm to arm. We're not in this thing alone. Amen. Let me tell you what used to drive me nuts, and I don't hear it anymore. But let me tell you, when we were a a much smaller church and we were struggling to get going, I would hear people in my church and throughout the community, I'd always hear people say, Chad's church. Oh, that drive me nuts. Chad's church. If you ever catch yourself and you say, Chad's church, stop yourself right there and go, no, it's the Lord's church. Amen. It's not my church. And we're called to do it together. We're called to serve together. Amen. The word exhort means come alongside. That's why I love next steps. Because when people go through our next steps, you know what we're doing? We're asking you, what skill sets has God given you? What abilities do you have? What interests do you have? What spiritual gifts do you have? What natural talents do you have? Take what God has given you and come alongside the work of the ministry. Amen? Amen. Don't be a consumer. Be a contributor. Don't be a spectator. Become a participator. Notice what Peter says. So I exhort the elders among you. He's going to have a word to say to the leaders. And he says, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder. I appreciate that. Peter could have said, I'm the chief among you all. I'm above you all. I was personal friends with the Lord Jesus Christ. But he didn't say that, did he? Look at the humility. In a minute, Paul, in a minute, Peter's going to write about humility. He's going to instruct me. He's going to instruct you in humility. And I want you to note it right off the bat. He doesn't say, I exhort the elders as the chief elder, as the most popular elder, as the most meaningful. He says, as a fellow. This reminds me of Paul. Uh, Paul says in Corinthians. I'm a fellow laborer. It reminds me of John in Revelation chapter 1. He says, I am a fellow sufferer. Hmm. So Peter says, as a fellow elder, as a witness to the sufferings of the Lord Jesus. And then he says, as a partaker of the glory that is to come. What do you suppose Peter meant by that? I think he meant, the Mount of Transfiguration. I think the experience that he had with Jesus when he saw the glory that will be revealed. I think that's exactly what he meant. So verse number two, he's going to give some charge to those responsible. As a matter of fact, you know, it amazes me because we plan our sermons weeks, if not months in advance. Oh, let me remind you, will you mark your calendar for March 5th? Everybody say March 5th. Do you know what March 5th is? It's the launch of our new series, Hebrews, an anchor for the soul. I personally have spent months in Hebrews. This week, I read it through in its entirety twice. 
just sitting down, just soaking, just listening, just taking it in. Everybody that knows about it has been asking me, Chad, how long are we going to be in the book of Hebrews? I have no idea. But I have one goal in the book of Hebrews. That is to go through verse by verse and leave no stone left unturned. We're going to explore it. Amen. And hanker for the soul. March 5th. But my point is we line these sermons up as we feel the leading of the Holy Spirit. And often I don't know all the implications. I just feel the direction of the Holy Spirit and we build our sermon calendar and we know typically weeks and months in advance where we're going. And you know what just so happens today, just so happens we have an elder meeting right after the service. We have nine elders in our church, and our elder meeting is this. So I know y'all are here because we have the elder meeting. So we should listen. Good. Amen. Now, let me share just a moment on this, and then I want to get into the instruction to the church. So look what he tells elders. Shepherd the flock among you. Oh, I love that phrase. Some versions would say feed the flock among you, but... I think the best translation there is shepherd because that's the whole task of shepherding God's people. Shepherd the flock among you. Now, this is so meaningful to me. You, you, you know what happens to pastors? Um, people, I don't care who you are. I don't care what church you have. I don't care if Billy Graham were the pastor. People leave churches. That's the nature of it. And do you know how hard it is for a pastor not to take it personal when someone leaves? It can be so difficult. I remember one time many years ago, the Lord had to help me with this. A family that I loved so much left the church. And they came to me privately and they said, Chad, there is not a thing wrong with you. We love your preaching. We love this church. But we feel the Lord telling us that it's time, our time is done here. It hurt my feelings so bad. And I tried not to let it hurt my feelings. Oh, but it did. Oh, I was such a sad little shepherd. Everybody say, oh, oh. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me with this. And you know what the Holy Spirit told me? The Holy Spirit said, he said, Chad, do you think I'm calling more people to your church? Oh, that got me excited. Oh, yes. He said, Chad, do you think I'm going to bring people to your church that were in other fellowships, other churches, and I'm going to call them here? Yeah. Then the Lord said, then don't be shocked when I call people out of yours. And then the Lord said, they're not your sheep. They're mine. I'm the chief shepherd. Lord, ever speak to you in a way that you just go, Yes, sir. <laughs> Amen to it. And it helped me. And you know what's helped me through the years as people so often will come and go? What's helped me through the years is this phrase, shepherd the flock among you. Don't worry about who goes. Don't worry about who leaves. Don't worry about who God sends somewhere else. Don't worry about that. He's the chief shepherd. You worry about who's among you. And you give your attention to those who are in your care and those who are among you. Amen? 
It's just helped me through the years. So look what he says. He says, don't do it out of compulsion or don't do it out of shameful gain. The old King James says for filthy lucre. That means for money, for compensation. It's not wrong for a church to pay its pastor, but it is extremely wrong for a pastor to only do it for money. And the fact is, those of us who are in full-time ministry, we will give an account when our chief shepherd appears. We can disqualify ourselves if we do it solely as a job. If we do it only for gain. If we do it because it's a paycheck. If we do it because it's our income only. The Lord, listen, we will forfeit the eternal crown of glory that will never fade away. Let me tell you, I would not trade an unfading crown of glory for some U.S. funny money, dollar bills. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Amen? But we can fall into that snare. We can fall into that trap. So Peter's going to help the church. And he's saying, listen, I'm a fellow elder. I'm a witness to the sufferings of Jesus. I'm a partaker of the glory that is to come. See, all this scripture. Do I love to study the Bible line upon line, precept upon precept. When you just go verse by verse, it all stacks. It all makes sense. In a moment, he's going to talk about the crown of what? Glory that never fades away. And what's he say in verse 1? I'm a partaker in the coming glory of God. I wouldn't trade the coming glory of God for shameful gain, for filthy lucre, for a little bit of money. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And you see how Peter just gets our eyes focused on the right thing. So verse 2. Don't have the wrong motives. See, what are the crowns about? What are eternal rewards about? It's not about salvation. It's about inheritance. It's not about whether you belong to the Lord. It's about what is your eternity going to be? Because while everyone who is born again will enjoy God and will enjoy eternal life for all of eternity, not every believer is going to have the identical experience. Some will have a greater capacity for greater joy and for greater authority and for the things, all the things that heaven holds. Whereas other people who only live for this world, who only live for the temporal, they'll have a less of a capacity for those eternal things. People's experiences in heaven will not be identical. That's the point of the doctrine of rewards. And Peter's telling those of us who are called to steward the house of God, you better be careful how you do it. Let me tell you, on Judgment Day, if, you're, if you see two lines and one line is preachers, I'd get in the other line because it's going to take a long time because there's going to be a lot to give account for, a lot. And we must be careful how we shepherd, how we steward, how we manage the house of God. Verse number three, he's going to continue talking to leaders. He's going to say, not domineering, but being examples of the flock. There's some of you that you come out of spiritual abuse. There's some of you who have had pastors who are not good shepherds to you. There's some watching online today. There's some listening online today that you're not in a local church today because a pastor hurt you. I'm sorry for that. 
But I would encourage you, child of God, take your eyes off of the mistakes of that shepherd and put your eyes, verse 4, on the chief shepherd who is the good shepherd, who is the great shepherd. Amen? We must be careful. So verse number four, look with me. He says, but when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory, the unfading crown of glory. This is an eternal crown. It's never going to fade away. You know, as we look at these aspects of eternity, a crown of what? Righteousness. Our eternity is going to be righteous. As we look at the crown of rejoicing. We're going to rejoice for all of eternity. When we look at the crown of life, friends, heaven is all about eternal life. There's the water of life, the river of life, the tree of life, the book of life. Anyone hearing a theme? And the crown of life. Amen. Eternity is going to be, for those born again, about eternal life. And here we see the crown of glory. And what are all of these aspects of eternity representing? It's all imperishable. It's all never going to fade away. You're never going to lose it. No one can rob you of it. No one can steal it from you. But friends, be clear in the word of God. You can forfeit it by not running your race well. Today, in all of my work as a shepherd, I can forfeit this precious crown if my motives are wrong. Let's inventory those. Now, Peter's going to shift gears, being led by the Holy Spirit. And I want you to watch what the Spirit's going to have to say to us. Now, beginning in verse 5, he's going to say, Now, likewise, so while he's shifting gears, he's still in the same frame of thinking. Watch how the scriptures stack on each other. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to your elders. I think that's not only in natural age, because scripture says it's the older men of the church that should invest in the younger men. It's the older women of the church that should teach the younger women. We should teach how to do family. Amen. We should teach how to do marriage. We should teach how to parent children. We ought to be, listen, those of you that you've done walk this road and, and all that, listen, you, you ought to be investing in people underneath you, that you're investing in them and you're telling them, hey, you're going to make it. We made it and you're going to make it. I didn't strangle my kids and you're not going to strangle yours. <laughs> I've always heard grandchildren is God's prize for you not killing yours while they were growing up. So he says... Likewise, because again, we're, we're, we're going to get into humility. Look what he says. Likewise, let the younger be subject to the elder. I'm telling you, those of you that are seasoned in life, you have more to offer young believers than you could ever imagine. And you go, oh, but I don't know a lot of scripture and I'm not real good on... Do-. No, I'm saying what you've went through, what God has helped you with, you ought to be giving to others. Well, I'm going to talk about it tonight in our leadership development session. I'm going to talk about it tonight. I'm not responsible for filling other people's cups. It's a quote by Andy Stanley. But I am responsible for emptying mine. So let the 
younger, be subject to the elders. And look what he says. This is so good. And clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility. Now, friends, don't miss this. What instruction by Peter? Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility. Younger and older, whether you're a leader or you're a follower, it don't matter who you are, all of you, clothe yourself with humility. You know what I love about I, th- I thought about myself getting dressed this morning. I did not sleep in this last night. I hope it doesn't look like I did. I can't see it. If it does, I apologize. And I have on this beautiful lavender shirt today. And these khaki pants. I'm just kidding. I don't think so. I think it's black, right? Yes? Okay. When Sadie asked me last night, what would you like to wear in the morning? I said, eh, it's going to be cold. I'll wear, my, I'll, I'll wear that black sweater. I like that. It's comfortable. When you got up this morning, you had to do, what did you have to do to put your clothes on? You had to pick something out, didn't you? You had to choose it. You had to select it. You had to prepare it. You had to wash it. You had to iron it. You had to get it ready. You had to think about it. In other words, it was what you are wearing right now is intentional and deliberate, right or wrong. Peter's saying you got to do that with humility. What do you mean? It doesn't just happen automatically? No. You mean it's just not built in? No. You mean I just don't get it by osmosis? No. You have got to be deliberate and say, I'm going to crucify my flesh. I'm going to crucify my pride. I'm going to crucify my feelings. Amen. And I'm going to clothe myself with Christ's humility. I have to choose it. I have to be intentional about it. In times that people hurt me, times that I sidestep, Times that I misstep, times that I mess up. Anybody ever mess up? Times that I make mistakes, times that I have to repent, times that I have to apologize, times that I come in to misstep, whatever. Listen, I need to deliberately, like I put on my black sweater today, I need to clothe myself in the humility of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Do you do it with your spouse? Do you do it with your children? Do you ever apologize to your children? Or do you provoke them to anger? Do you ever apologize to your spouse? Or do you fight to the death to win the argument? The word of the Lord to you today. Clothe ourselves with humility. What would it do? to the most important relationships in our life if we deliberately, intentionally put on humility. Amen, Chad. Boy, you're on it today. Amen. (laughs) Why? Why is humility so important? Because look what it says. Because God opposes the proud. Because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. 
Do you know why so many of us cannot see our pride? Because a fish doesn't realize it's wet. Because the only thing a fish knows is water. Often you and I do not see our pride because all we know is pride and arrogance. Have you signed up for my weekly devotional email? Every Tuesday, I send out a devotion that will help you grow in your faith. Go to my website, awakentograce.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and when you sign up and submit your email, you'll get a direct message from me every Tuesday. Sign up today at awakentograce.com.